Did you know that approximately 7,500 artists earn $100,000 per year on Spotify? But can you really trust that a computer is able to accurately judge the value of your music? That's what we're talking about on this episode of The Daily Jacks. Spotify's latest news on who's earning over $100,000 a year through music streaming and how the platform defines what's hot. So in recent efforts to put a positive spin on Spotify's exceptionally lower royalty rates than anywhere else and consistent lack of effort to promote indie artists, I must say, on their platform, Spotify revealed there are, in fact, artists able to stream a full-time income. Now, we've always known that Spotify tries to pride itself on the fact that it can make a full-time living for an artist, but what they don't say is that it can't make a full-time living for every artist, and it's not the given on the platform. It's not, it's not the definite. You really have to work very hard for it, and the people who are making a streaming platform uh, money through the streaming platform typically start by bringing their own audience to Spotify much like other social media pages. The amounts, the announcement they had really fell short and I've been getting a lot of messages from different artists that I know talking about how they're so excited to read through the news. They're gonna watch it is like literally over an hour uh, presentation of just basically Spotify trying to convince us all that they're like really amazing at what they do. The announcement really fell short though because the reality is hidden behind a high percentage rate that they're they're kind of boasting about. So I'm going to ex explain it to you and give you the bottom line here with what's going on um, from this whole, so you don't have to watch the over hour presentation. They pulled our attention away from the hard facts of the situation by giving us some pretty high percentage rates, but based on a very, very small portion of uh, pooling of artists. So even though Spotify brags to have more than 8 million creators launching music on their platform to the tune of 40,000 tracks a day, apparently being uploaded, the actual percentage of artists making $100,000 a year is less than 1%. The Stockholm-based service uh, Stream On Investors Conference revealed this information hidden among about 100 minutes long live stream highlighting the payout figures. Now, when you listen and you read back, the payout figures are really masked because the way they presented it, it seems like Spotify is growing quickly, and it is, and it seems like it's paying out a lot, but it's paying out a lot to very few creators, and that's been the problem. It's not an equal distribution of wealth for sure. Their efforts were aimed at demonstrating the progress it's made in helping more creators succeed. However, the percentage of creators who are succeeding is really, really low. The talk ended up highlighting more of the massive growth on the platform, boasting that three years ago, Spotify had 3 million creators on the platform. Every year since, that number has increased for 4 million to 5 million to 8 million by the end of 2020. Spotify co-founder and CEO Daniel Eek said during Stream On, I believe that by 2025, we could have as many as 50 million creators on the platform. He hopes, and that's wonderful. But also caveating that they are allowing artists to make a full-time living is something that excites artists, but then the reality of that and how to get there isn't really explained. 
This might be great for Spotify, but it still doesn't solve the problem that less than 1%, let me repeat, less than 1% of creators launching music on the platform are making a sustainable income. That means that when you think that you are going to put your music on Spotify and make a sustainable income, <clears throat> you're earning less than a penny, like less than a fraction of a penny per stream. So if only you was out there sharing that music and you get no help from Spotify or you have to buy ads, then your royalties aren't going to cover the time invested. So then that forces the indie artist to look at it in a different way, to look at it as a long-term investment in how you bring in fans to your music and are you using the streaming platform just to deliver the music rather than to gather fans and to be able to access those fans long term which is going to play into the fact that they want artists to buy ads on Spotify in order to get seen. And that's been a huge problem because they're not paying enough royalties in order to garner those wages and cover it. So even if they do bring you new fans, you can't reach those fans because there's no way on Spotify of you finding out who those fans are. And if they're controlling the numbers, then do we even know that those fans actually are there or is Spotify putting your your tracks in front of someone and they're not playing it all the way through. I mean, you just don't know what's going on. Later, Spotify's chief content and advertising business officer, Don Ostroff, elaborated upon the number of artists who earn over a million dollars annually from Spotify streaming royalties. Now, it was exciting because they made out like there were a lot of them. But over the last four years, the number of recording artists whose catalogs generate more than a million across the recording and publishing industry are only 800 artists. Now, if you go back to what they said earlier, that they are looking to have 80 million or 50 million creators on the platform, right? And they currently have 8 million creators on the platform, but only 800 artists are actually making a million dollars a year. Then you do the math. You know that this is not the only way you should be trying to make money with your music. I also am concerned that their recent motion to charge artists to advertise on the platform, as I just mentioned, further takes away from those exceptionally small royalty rates. If Spotify moves to paid advertising for artists, then there's little hope of them increasing the amount of free advertising to indie artists through curated playlists. In other words, you're going to have to work even harder if they can charge you for advertising on their platform, as opposed to letting you earn advertising on their platform. I have already seen that the number of indie music being featured on larger curated playlists is a fraction of 1% compared to the amount of indie music released on the platform every day. This is really discouraging for a new artist because their expectations are really high and they risk quitting music altogether after receiving really low streaming rates on the platform. I mean, it's really hard, right, to put your music out on a platform and then see low streaming rates. You tend to judge the quality of your music based on it. So judging the value of your work against Spotify streams just isn't realistic. And that's why I'm doing this show. It's really important for an artist to understand how they fit into Spotify's plan so that they stop comparing the value of their music to an unfair music playing field. In previous statements by Spotify, they have said that if a new track is placed on a small playlist and it gets skipped or isn't played all the way through, this lack of action, which they consider engagement, immediately hurts the artist's ability to maintain their position and it discourages the algorithm 
algorithm from positioning the artist's next release on the curated playlist system. And this is really concerning to me because the problem with the system is that there is no guarantee that Spotify is putting your music in front of the right listeners. Whether you pay for the advertising or you don't, they still have a computer doing it. And they have already admitted to the problem within their system, getting the amount of plays right, getting who's playing it right. They don't have comparative results. They don't even have really good insights. And the insights aren't realistic because so many times we have put an indie artist featured on our page. We see the page is getting maybe a thousand visits in a certain time frame. Yet I look on the Spotify results and the only action on that page is to look at the artist and play the Spotify. So we know the action's being taken, yet the number isn't reflecting in that same day. And that really does give us some insights into how off these numbers can be. Compared to the number of tracks being released, there's no possible way that all the music is being listened to by an actual person within Spotify. I mean, if you count the number of staff members, you times that by 40,000 tracks being released a day, do the math. There's no way that those people are able to keep up with that amount of music. So my point is, you can, can you really trust the computer? And is it able to accurately judge the music and the value of your music? I think not. And I think that's really important for an indie artist to consider if they're going to use the Spotify or any of the streaming platforms. You simply can't judge the value of your music based on a streaming platform. You have to judge the value of your music based on if people want more of it. And it's really important that you separate your value on Spotify from the value of your brand and your music inventory. One way to counteract this would be new judgment, right? It would be for an indie artist to gather their own email list so that they can push their music to fans in, a, in the first few days and get them to play the song and then see how many people play the song that you have pushed there or that your promoter has pushed there. This would show the Spotify algorithm that the artist is being put in front of people that want to receive their music, people who are a tested audience, somebody who is the right person to hear it and is judging it appropriately. That would make me feel a lot more comfortable and at least it would be a step in the right direction for indie artists today. Spotify also tracks how many people replay the song all the way through add it to a playlist and share the song on social media that are other than you. So it's crude that you do it and you really should do it often, but you also need other people to do it. All of these efforts are considered engagement rates. So when I promote an artist, I'm very focused on getting the actions to happen like this. So when we're, when we're just promoting a Spotify artist, just the Spotify, what we do is we're really focused on the actions that happen in the first few weeks of the song release. So we're looking at if we can embed that single in places where people will play it. And are the listeners that we're getting to play it, are they interested in playing it all the way through? Now, of course, new listeners, it's still going to be a little bit of a crapshoot, right? Unless you have very engaged listeners that know the score. But on a whole what you can expect from people is that 
if you put the right song in front of the right person at the right time, they're going to play it all the way through. If you put it on a playlist where people can hit play and easily just let it run, you're more likely to get it played all the way through. If it's on the wrong playlist, then sometimes that doesn't work out. If it's being delivered to the wrong people and not in the right way. So if, if you're not setting up the person to hear something in the song specifically, like maybe you're pointing out instrumentation, maybe you're pointing out something about the production, or there's a certain artist on there that is a draw. Those are all kind of things that people will listen more intently to a track and play it all the way through. So you have to think in terms of how you're leading a listener to it and what kind of thing they're looking to get from that activity from that amount of time you're asking them for I mean I know it doesn't seem like a lot but it is a lot to ask of a person to stop what they're doing and focus on you and a piece of music especially when you're not the only one out there there are literally thousands so one piece to this puzzle is that the amount of people that you put into your database into your email list have to be engaged audience members. So you don't just want to be constantly asking them to do things. You want to provide consistency and value. I think one of the keys to making it as an indie artist today is to be really transparent on what people are about to hear and be consistent. So you want to make sure that you're figuring out how many songs you launch in a year and you're making sure that you launch those at key times in a consistent pattern. So if you launch a song a week, then that's amazing, right? If you can keep up with that, then launch it on Fridays. Just make sure you don't sacrifice quality for quantity because you don't want to disappoint, right? The value in somebody listening to your music is getting more of what they like. So if you have a song that really did well, think about doing another similar song and putting it to that same audience because that's where you're going to get the larger plays. You're not going to get unsubscribes. You're going to be able to develop and nurture that audience in the same way you would any product. Um, if you're going to want just launch something once a month, maybe pick Monday or Friday. Those are two great days to launch music. And it's also, you know, days that curators tend to listen to a lot of music. If you don't have a large enough following to support the launch, then work with a publicist. I work with indie artists all the time. I have a marketing team of experts that all we do is just get either good tracks placed on networks. We play them in AVA Live Radio. We play them on um, Indie Music Spin Takes a Lot. There's so many great radio stations out there that are supportive of our system and that we know we've developed relationships with in the UK, in Australia, in the US, in Canada, music bloggers. I mean, just amazing people that really do love indie music and want to support the art and want to support the creators at any level. So that's really important too, is working with a good promoter. Every marketing plan works better when you have something to listen to now and something to anticipate in the future. So when you do get somebody on board to help you, it's really good to have a current track or at least a leader of a current track coming up for them to present so that they can get the, the situation wet. You know, they can start to get the marketing out there and allow people to listen to your voice and hear what your music kind of sounds like a sample. It's great if you have a previous inventory, even sometimes uh, you'll launch just a, a trailer, maybe a trailer video, if this is your very first launch. If it's not your first launch, which is the majority of my clients, it's not their first launch. So they usually have a song that was really well taken and well presented. And we use that as a way to get into 
the ears of brand new people and be able to anticipate that buildup of the next one coming out. My view is streaming platforms is that they are really good and they're really necessary in the digital world of music. But if you don't have some music on them, you miss connecting with the audience on that subscribership, right? So like Spotify has their own subscribers and a lot of people do like to collect playlists of music they like there and they're familiar with the platform. Just like a lot of people do it on Apple, um, you know, there's so many title. So you definitely wanna have your music on all, all of the streaming platforms and a lot of people will listen to that particular platform over others, which is convenience. So an indie artist does well by reducing the barrier to which people can listen. And I look at it as two ways. I listen, I look at it as the one side is providing an inventory of really great songs to everyone for free and everywhere you can put them everywhere. YouTube, I mean, everywhere, right? Spotify, uh, Facebook, Instagram, make it available. But then you also have your core listeners and the people who want to support you as an indie artist. And you should always have that conversation going and have that special subscriber base that's getting your music maybe early, maybe getting it on a private video first. You could do a lyric video that you release on YouTube private where you have to have a link to get it. And those are just going to your subscribers as a preview. You can even do uh, preview trailers. But I think there's a there's a real value to giving subscribers something that nobody else has because there's an intimacy in it. And I think it really does make them feel special and makes them feel like they want to keep being part of something. So even if it's a video that greets them and talks about the behind the music stuff and it's set to private and you just dole that out to your Spotify or your, um, your subscribers on email, that would be some way of giving them something that nobody else can get. And it's also great for Patreon. So if you're gonna do something where people maybe contribute a dollar to $4 to $5 a month to get something special for, for you and support your music, if they can, then that's a great thing to be able to offer value to your patrons as well as your private subscribers and not just release everything, right, to the entire uh, world for free. Um, I think artists would get a great deal of value out of that strategy. And I love to see people kind of doing things like I recently saw another artist do a wine party, like, you know, it's a private wine parties for her subscribers. And she literally shares some wine, talks about wine, recommends it and, you know, sings like over a hundred songs, I think already have been sung on these private streams. So there's a lot of value that you can offer there even though you're not showing up at a venue today, you know, and, and I would definitely take advantage of that if I were a music artist. The second effort can take time to build, you know, getting those subscribers together, it can take time, but it increases in value, it increases the value of the artist. And it flushes out the super fans right away. And your super fans are how you're going to make $100,000 a year, because you can offer them subscriptions, you can offer them um, signed special packages at Christmas time. I mean, you could literally just nurture your audience all year and offer $100 pack of, of goodies every year for Christmas as a way to support the artist and or, you know, or $5 a month or, you know, $10 
um, every six months or something like that. And you can reach $100,000 a year on a very small fan base. The only hurdle here is most artists are not able to sustain the patience required to nurture those super fans. I get a lot of emails from people that are just giving up so early and they're highly active supporters. They don't really appreciate. It's a lot of work. You know, I'm always hearing things like, I need to create music. I can't be talking to fans all day long. And I'm like, yeah, but that's the game, right? That's exactly what you need to do because without your fans, you don't have an audience. So this could be good news for patient musicians and people willing to hang in there and probably bad news for the ones that aren't and expect fame overnight. But music promotion pays off long term. So if you find the right formula, the right audience, the right promoter to help you, and you have amazing music, then believe me, you can make a great income with this. You probably just lack the guidance and the encouragement to keep going.